I just wanted the people who I love to be closer. And it kind of became so much less important to like expand my world. Instead, I just wanted to care more for and bring closer the people that I already really, really cared for. Welcome to Let It Out. I'm your host, Katie Dillbout. This week, I spoke to my friend and the founder and designer of Ozma California, my favorite clothing brand. Her name is Heidi Baker. And in this episode, we talk about her creative process, starting Ozma, surfing, change, worry, presence, creativity, connection. I love talking to her. She's one of my favorite people and someone who really inspires me. And I want to get to that conversation as quickly as possible. A couple housekeeping items that I'm going to keep tight. We are still in the summer session of the membership that used to be called Creative Underdogs that I renamed recently to be called In Process. And if you like this podcast, you'll love the membership. It is a four-month membership. We do it in semesters. We're starting the new one in September. And every single month we meet three times a month, once for a call about the theme where we all connect and talk about the theme of the month. It's cyclical. So each month has a theme, which is this positive feedback loop for creativity that I made up. So first it's creating space, then gathering, taking in inspiration, experiences, and then trying, getting messy, and then sharing. And then we do it again and again and again. And so we do a call about the theme and then we do a co-working session together where we do a productivity technique that I use. And then we have a guest artist every single month. And so the guest artists are now listed as well as the dates and you can get on the wait list. The link will be in the show notes. And the guest artists are people who have been on the podcast mostly or friends of mine or people who will be on the podcast. And I'm bringing it up because one of them is Heidi. Heidi is going to be a guest artist in in process this upcoming semester. So if you like this episode, you'll get to hear from her more there. Also, Madeline De La Rosa, a previous guest and a friend of mine, as well as Lore, who you might have listened to on the podcast. So the guests are listed, the dates are listed, and we are still in the free summer session. So every single week in August, we've been doing a free workshop led by one of our members. And coming up this week, we have one more workshop, one more week of August. So join that. It's completely free and you can get a taste of what the membership is like and meet the other members. And I would love to have you in September. And if you're at all curious or want to know more about it, just shoot me an email, Katie at Let It Out with three T's, and I will talk to you more about it. Thank you so much for being here and listening and supporting the sponsors and supporting Let It Out. And enjoy my conversation with Heidi. I'll talk to you at the end. I am here with my favorite designer and favorite person, my friend, Heidi Baker, to be honest with you, we've been chatting for maybe an hour or two prior to this. So we're just going to keep going. Thank yeah. you for doing this. Yeah, of course. I'm so happy you're here. So let's start with today or the present this week. What have you been thinking about or learning or contemplating in the last 
week or month recently? Honestly, I've been obsessing over travel. Ooh. I think it I I feel like and I think we were talking about this like just literally like half an hour ago yeah. about continuing to feel inspired and not in a rut. And I think travel's always been such a huge thing for me and one of those things that like I it always makes me feel like I just come back to myself yeah. when I like go and I basically play and I become a kid again. Yeah. And I think that, you know, this past year we were so much and, you know, I was and I don't know, I can't speak for everyone else. I felt like I almost went into like survival mode Yeah, where I was like, this is great. It's cool. I'll just like stay home all the time and work on my house, which, you know, there's absolutely like a time and place for that. And I mean, there's, that's wonderful to have even the space to like be able to tinker around at home but yeah really where I feel like I really get refreshed is when I go see new things I love home but I just yeah <laughs> I think it's really healthy for us to like want to come back to like we were talking about that mm-hmm. last time we hung out I think you'd been back to Virginia and like I'd been to Michigan or was going I think I'd just come back was mm-hmm. I yeah was going or coming back. And you were going. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> but I was like really excited even when I was going to come back. Like it's a good feeling to like go and be happy to be back and happy. To, we, that's what we were talking about because you were like feeling happy to be back in LA. Yeah. And that's a really good feeling, you know, like it's a good feeling to come back re-inspired. Like our friend Camilla, who you know, mm-hmm. talks about this. She talks about this in the podcast. Like she always, whenever she's making like a new body of work, goes away, comes back. There's something like, I think it can shift your energy creatively that can bleed into other areas and make you feel better. 100%. And I always feel like it, it feels nice too, like you're saying, to just feel like coming back home yeah. and with a new, with new experiences yeah. and and feeling not like stuck in a certain routine yeah. Feels really good and almost feels better to be like, oh God, I really miss that routine of mine. Yeah. You know, and like I miss walking my dog down the same street every day or like, you know, yeah, that's or almost, up our hill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's almost as good of a feeling as going is being excited to get back to the things that just feel every day when you're in them. Totally. And I think that's really healthy. And I think we all I was thinking about that too. Like when I lived in New York or before the pandemic, like at least once a month, I would at least get out or even Mm -hmm. if it was just a little trip. And then I didn't leave basically this neighborhood for a year at least. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. To like just, I know that you've probably walked. uh, (laughs) Highland Park's number one walker. (laughs) Totally. There's like dents in the, Uh the sidewalk where you've like worn it out. I think this year it's like, you know, you could like dream and dream and dream of like all the places and all the like plans that yeah. got canceled and all that stuff. And yeah. Yeah. What with that then, what did you like we talked like that's a big bummer part of COVID of like mm-hmm. that we weren't traveling. Yeah. But I know also I feel like you gained a lot from it. For sure. What do you think was positive about it that you've or it's I mean, we're still in it, I guess. <laughs> like what what you're Like, what are you taking with you or what have you taken with you? I think the appreciation for what I have and who I have, I think, so I'm from Southern Virginia and, you know, every time I go home, I'm like, oh God, I'm going to, I'm going to go home that, you know, my parents don't live in my hometown anymore. So it's basically just like a, for me, it's a 
um, unfamiliar place in mm-hmm. Virginia that I go and visit and it's either too hot or it's too cold or like whatever usually. But, you know, I think it just kind of shook me a little bit mm-hmm. and in realizing how important going to that place is for me. Yeah. And yeah, I just think the time that I have with like everyone that I care about is that much more precious. Yeah. And the relationship that I have with my family and my friends and all that good stuff. Yeah. So I feel like I, I was just thinking about this when I was getting my laundry and like driving over here for some reason because I saw <laughs> like a friend of mine. And I feel like I don't know if it was quarantine or this is just happened to be where I was in this phase in my life or whatever. But I feel like I've really, I was kind of saying this joking to you. I I said this to Heidi before we started recording. I was like, friendship, I would get and exceed expectations if it was a test and other areas wouldn't be up there. But I think there was something where I, it sounds like this happened for you too, where I just last year and and since really COVID began, I prioritized people Mm -hmm. over work, over stupid things like going to an exercise class, answering my emails, Mm -hmm. like, you know, what else do I do? Nothing, I guess. But like everything was people over priorities and it just shifted in my head. And like, I will never, and I don't know if that was like a New York to LA thing. I don't know if that was just like turning 30, but I will never go back to like caring about anything other than like the person in front of me. A hundred percent. I think that it's the same for me where like, I feel like I just wanted the people who I love to be closer. Mm -hmm. And it kind of took away this, not, not like I'm like no new friends (laughs) or anything, (laughs) but it became so much less important to like expand my world. Instead, I just wanted to like care more for and bring closer the people that I already really, really cared for. Well, I wrote this down in my copious notes, actually. (laughs) You are someone who is so present and chill and effortless. Like, I really am expanded by you. I've told you that before. And you, you know, you own this company and you have so, which we'll talk about, obviously, and you have so much on your plate, but you really seem to stay cool and calm and you're really good at being present with people. And I know you have a lot of friends and you have, you're good with people and you have this kind of like underlying chill. Have you always been that way? Do you get overwhelmed? Like, how do you manage Oh my God, are you serious? I know. I'm like, as you're saying this, I'm like, I'm so glad that the illusion of constant chillness is there. Because it doesn't feel (laughs) like that on the inside. You have, she's got me fooled. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I think like, I mean- you know, I don't know what it's like to feel like someone else. I don't yeah. know what it's like to not feel like myself. Yeah. But I definitely get very overwhelmed. And I definitely feel very self-conscious about mm. my relationships. And I feel, I think I'm I'm naturally, I think, someone who is, I don't like to care about things that don't really matter. Yeah, I don't freak out over things that are, I don't know, that I don't feel like are freak outable. <laughs> yeah. So you, some of that is innate to you. Yeah, I guess so. I I don't know. I, I think I, yeah, I don't know how to answer that question. Um, well, that's, you did. It's like, it's not true. Like you do get overwhelmed and you, I think that is actually helpful to hear because it's cool that on the outside <laughs> you seem this like super cool and not that you're like, you know, 
blowing up every second when I'm not around. No, no, but no. It's helpful to know that like you get overwhelmed too. And because you're someone who I admire and I look up to. And like honestly, like when I was over here, whenever I was at your house last time, whenever month that was that yeah. we don't remember. And you were like, oh, I have to move. I hope it's okay. I'm telling you this. You're yeah. like, I have to move this pile of laundry oh, over yeah. to the other bed. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that was so helpful for me to hear because I had a pile of laundry on my bed. And I was just like, oh, cool. Heidi, who I love her house and her business and her who you are. And like, you're so together to me. I'm like, oh, she has to like move laundry sometimes. Dude, I feel like <laughs> perceptions are such a crazy yeah. thing. I was hanging out the other day with a friend of mine and she was like, she asked me about like something about like going out and having dinner or I think I maybe was just telling her about like the week ahead and I was I was saying like oh, I can't wait to just like chill for a few nights and do just do my own thing and like yeah. I think my my boyfriend is working out of town and so I was like I'm just gonna chill with Blue my dog and you know I was really excited and she was like telling me she was like oh I was totally under the impression that you like went out every night of the week. And I was like, what? No, I am kind of like a huge introvert. Like, yeah. I like really like people, but I really like, I think I like few people. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't like, not, I think maybe I said that wrong. I Less like, people around. Yeah, I don't, once, I don't yeah. need, like, I just want to, I want like fewer, like, yeah. more quality people around me. Yeah. But yeah, like I, I think it's really funny that, like, the way that you can, I think, maybe with, like, you know, social media and all that stuff, it's, like, we all appear to be yeah. some way. Yeah. This person that I follow, her, the thing in her bio is reliably 30% worse than it appears here, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. And I, I think we're all just, I don't know, we were talking about this last time, too, how what's in with social media specifically, like, I think we're all kind of sick of that. We're sick of like the pressure to like post the good stuff or the like there's yeah. kind of this, you know, show how real it is. Like that also doesn't feel correct. Like yeah. when I'm crying and sad, like I don't want to post a selfie of that either. And Well, no. Yeah, that's you know? the funny thing. I'm like, it's it's for sure not my style to like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't post much on social media personally regardless, yeah. but um yeah, it's like we all think that like everyone's like you only talk about like the chillest moments and only have people over when like you've like run around and cleaned your house. Right. It's actually funny because I always want to thank every friend that comes over because I'm like, thank you for coming over. You just made me like quick clean my house. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, I had to like throw that huge pile of laundry into the other room and shut the door. <laughs> thank you. I know. It's a funny thing about I have very few things. Yeah. It's very easy to do that like two minute clean or I just yeah. like don't care. Yeah. And where I live now, there's like no hiding because it's just the one room, <laughs> yeah. you know? You're like, uh-oh, that closet's going to get really full yeah, really fast. So I just have to like always kind of keep it clean. Not clean, but like there's just, I just don't have very many things. And yeah. there's something really like freeing to just be able to have, like we, I think we're people who like having people come to us and be in our spaces. 100%. And it's like, you know, to have, like, you have a very, I love your space so much. I was just telling him, like, looking around right now at it. But I think we're very spatially oriented people and the things we have around, like, I remember coming into your studio and you had this huge, this is a whole, like, 
aside, but this huge, remember that huge branch that you found on oh, the street? Yeah. No, yeah, it was my neighbor. Like literally the at the end of my street, someone had like thrown away. It was palm. It was really thingies. cool. I don't even yeah. know what it was. It I'm, looked like beads. Oh, yeah, totally. It was yeah. like, I think it was from a palm tree. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. It was Is like, it still in the studio? For sure. It's so cool. I was like collecting weird dried things. I think it's horrible feng shui or something, but. Oh, to have dry things. Yeah, well. <laughs> We did have someone who does feng shui mention that on the podcast once, yeah. but it looks really cool. Yeah, I love it. Maybe if you have enough like good energy and live things in there, it balances out the. And if the if the dead things are really cool looking, maybe yeah. it's okay. <laughs> yeah. What if it's like your studio and not your home? Oh, does that go. make it any different? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I think in Done. my feng shui opinion, um, but I think you know from your studio and from here, and being an artist are spaces important to you? Like mm-hmm. thinking back to when you lived in Topanga and like how, how has that always been the case for you? And how do you, like, are there, let's say you're like going somewhere new even or like staying in a hotel. Do you kind of like organize, like put things, take things out or take anything with you? Do you notice how your energy changes in different spaces? I think, so for me, I need things to be very like calm. Mm-hmm. So like colors to be calm, I need it to be like bright. Yeah. I need to see nature and I need like generally like quiet, mm-hmm. which is really funny because the air conditioning's coming right now. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I'm like that too. Very, you're very aware of sounds. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, to tell you the truth, I think like the yurt was, I like of any place I've ever lived in my life, I think I thrived so much there. And just like you wake up and there's just sound, the sound of birds. And sunshine just, like, I mean, quite honestly, like, blasting in, um, which I really don't mind. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm, like, very much a morning person, so that kind of thing is great for me. Like, I would never, like, blackout shades is, like, not cool to me at all. But, yeah, I really thrived in basically owning mostly nothing, too, because the space was so small. But, yeah, it's just, like, I want it to just be, like, calm and have, like, just those few little like personal things that really felt special to me. Like in the yurt, of course, wasn't really collecting much because it was like a tiny space, Mm -hmm. but I had like, you know, like little bundles of like wildflowers that I collected with my friend and like hanging up. And that was my decoration and a painting that my friend had made. Um, But that was like kind of it. And then here, of course, this is bigger than a yurt, but you know, the reason why I really like this house is that it's super bright and I, yeah. and you know, we try and keep it kind of, I guess it's not sparse, but it's like at yeah. least kind of soothing and colors or yeah. it's very natural. Um, but yeah, like I wouldn't ever go to a hotel and like move something. That's not my yeah. style. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Other <laughs> things you bring with do. you. Do you unpack when you get to a hotel? I don't know. Yeah, I'm like kind of weird. Like, I have this weird fear that, like, if I put something in a drawer in a hotel, I'm going to forget it. Uh, Yeah, me too. So I just like, I like to put things like on top. Yeah. I don't really pack very heavy either. So, yeah. um, I like to just keep it, keep it pretty, like, in, in sight. Yeah. I've never asked that question before and I don't know what the answer would be, but now that I'm thinking about it, like, I pack very light too. And I think what's fun about being in a, it, even if I'm like house, I was house sitting, as you know, like for a month, like last month or whatever. And I would just bring things over in a little basket. 
and like keep them all out, you know, because it was only like four things. Yeah. But I'm like my toothbrush, my face wash, like nothing goes anywhere. Yeah. And that's what you do. And like, you know, my like three pieces of clothing or whatever. And it's kind of nice to see all of your things and then you know you don't have to lose them. Okay, but back to the yurt. Yeah. How did you, that time sounds really magical and special. And I think it's when the seed for Ozma was planted or started to grow. Yeah, I had already started it, but it was, I don't know, maybe it was like six months or so older. I, I can't exactly remember, but I originally moved in there because I basically couldn't really afford anything else. Was this when you were moving from San Francisco? I... I had moved, I was actually living, I bounced around a few places on the West side and moved out of one. And then my friend um, had just moved into a new house in Topanga and that was her guest house. So cool. Um, And so it was supposed to be like this very temporary thing and it was like super cheap and it was kind of funny because I was like, sure, I'll like stay in your yurt. Yeah. And then of course, like the first night that I stayed there, I was like, this is insane. This is so magical. There's like something about living in like, like a big dome yeah. that feels, I don't know, it's just so calming. Yeah, like being like, in the womb. <laughs> yeah, but also like the like cross breeze mm. in, because the whole thing had windows, you know, and like basically half of it was big windows that you could like, I mean, you have to roll them up. Like, like wow. The things. But yeah, it just felt yeah. so like, for lack of better words, like fresh. So yeah, it was really magical. I I felt like every night when I would go to sleep, you know, I don't know, you just watch, you're so connected with nature and you hear all the sounds that are going on and you see, you know, as the fog rolls in, you can watch that because it had this like crazy view. So cool. That was just like, you know, instead of being like, oh, what do I want to watch? Like, is there a show tonight on TV? basically just sit out on the deck and watch the stars appear or the moon do something. Wow, that's or, so cool. Yeah. You know, I love my home now, but I like sincerely, sincerely miss wow. that experience. Yeah. It was actually funny. Last night I came home and was like looking up in the sky and I was like, what's going on out here? You know, you can yeah. kind of like, there's, there's a couple birds here and, yeah. and, and stuff, but it doesn't, you're definitely like squinting a little to see. Yeah. To really see a, a star or two. Yeah. It's interesting how when you have it and then you don't, how you, like, I hadn't thought about the stars in maybe a year since I went camping last year. And I just, I'm not looking at the stars when I'm out at night. Yeah. You don't even ever. realize that they're there. It's yeah. so weird. Yeah. And then this weekend when I was in Joshua Tree and I'm like, oh my God, like it was wild. We saw so many shooting stars in the Milky Way and all of it. And then the next night I was home and I, just like you, I was like, well, oh, like let me observe. I'm sure I can see something here. You know what I mean? It's a little sad. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, that, that's, oh, oh, that's a plane. Like nothing. Yeah. Like, there like, was, oh, that's a helicopter. Yeah. Oh. And it made me so like grateful for, I was like nostalgic for the weekend. And then I was mm-hmm. I was like, wow, that's really jarring that I, you know, I, and I think about actually living in this neighborhood feeling so like I actually am in nature so much Mm -hmm. compared to New York, you know, like just being here is, you know, if it feels like we don't live in a city, it feels really small to me, but it's such a contrast from going to Topanga or to, you know, somewhere where you can see 
that. How long were you there for total? I think I lived there full time for two years. Wow. So when you got there, Ozma was young. Do you feel like there's anything from living that close to nature that inspired your art and the brand? Yeah, for sure. I actually, I kind of miss those days when there, like things happened so much slower. Yeah. And I lived so much removed from like any other distraction. Basically, the only thing I had to do was like, you basically just like surf, you know, surf or hike. You know, so it was get, just you just for Ozma. Yeah. There. And yeah. you would do all your work from there? Yeah. From the year? Yeah. So walk me through your day. You would like watch the fog rolling, go to sleep, wake up to the beautiful birds and the sun, and then like surf and, and work. Tell, tell me everything. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it just really depended. I'm, I'm like a, I'm a total morning person. So I like, I'm always struggling or then I really struggled with like, oh, do I like get up and like jam down to the beach or do I just drink coffee and like power out a bunch of work? Sometimes I get like, I get very excited to like really dig into things yeah. early in the morning because my brain is just yeah, like we're very both that like, way. like we're hmm. good in the morning and like starts to go down. Yeah, totally. Like in the afternoon, I'm like, I'm hungry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but sometimes I would get up really early and go down to the beach. I, I think I got my dog maybe like, I don't know how far into, but when I got, when I got him, it was really important for us to go down. I would take him to the beach at Topanga wow. and run him in front of the houses when it was like low enough tide, which was so special. Yeah. Especially when it was like winter, it was foggy. It just wow. was like the best feeling to like be on the beach and have like a really That's excited so little pup cool. running around yeah. and like have a sweater on and stuff. Oh, And then I would you know, do that for an hour and then jump in the water for an hour and then come home. And it was big enough to have a desk in there. Oh yeah, for sure. It was like kind of big. Wow. There was like a, like not a full kitchen, but there yeah. was like a little like built-in stove That's and, so cool. you know, running water. And do you have a had, picture of it? Oh yeah. I, I want to see pictures. It yeah. Wow. That's so cool. So what is magical time that you're so this is how far into surf because you started to surf when you were 30 yeah wait I have we talked about this yeah like, I still have time yeah yeah well I've I've got to I gotta hurry up here but it was really inspiring to me because I just surfing such a part of your life that when you told me that I thought that was wild I just assumed you'd been doing it since you were like way younger than starting when you're thir- learning a new skill at 30 feels like a older age to be learning skills. It's not at all, but it does to me for a lot of things. I have so many skills that I want to learn that I just feel like, well, I'm too old or I'm not going to. Yeah. And part of that is true. Like it is harder to learn languages and I'm probably not going to be a prodigy at this point. You I think know? it's really interesting that we assume that our lives are like over when you hit yeah. like, when you're like, I'm going to be dead at 50, right? Yeah. It's not true. If you learned a language, you would know that for the rest of your life, yeah. which probably will not end at 50. It'll right. probably be way, way longer than that. And with surfing, I am so excited that I learned when I was 30 because now I've been surfing for 10 years. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I feel very confident now. And my dream, it's like every time I, you know, go somewhere tropical, it's like when you see, 
I mean, I guess this doesn't have to happen only when you go somewhere that feels tropical. Yeah. But when I see like an an older woman in the water, so I cool. am just like, that is my dream. Yes. That's my dream. Life goals, life goals. Do you feel like at that time when you were there, was that like when you first started surfing when you were in Topanga? No. Um, I actually learned when I was in San Francisco. Oh, no way. Yeah. So a really close friend of mine and I learned um, with two of our other girlfriends and the two others kind of dropped off a little bit, but we were like so gung-ho oh, cool. and we just went like all the time. And that's when I was like, when I was working for Levi's. Yeah. And we would get up at like 5.30 in the morning and like put on our wetsuits or like drive down to Pacifica or sorry, vice versa. And um, just like get in the water no matter what. Cause we were just like so stoked on learning and so stoked yeah. on like the way that it made us feel that we, it didn't even matter what the conditions were like. We were just like paddling around in like, <laughs> like crazy wind and stuff. Wow. What do you, do you feel like surfing? I, I know there's all these like surfing metaphors and mm -hmm. even though I don't surf, like I always really like them, you know, like yeah. I always really like uh, they can be really self-helpy, but do you feel like surfing, learning a new skill or any of it, what has it taught you? So speaking of like totally corny metaphors. I actually love them, please. <laughs> corny metaphors and I might like totally mess this up in the way that I say it. There is, I always think of surfing when you're like, really getting like tossed around you're in the water and like this huge wave comes and all you can do is watch it come at you and you're like okay so I have no choice like there's no way I'm getting out of this it's yeah. coming at me there's nowhere to go so I have two choices it's either I like freak out or I just relax and let it basically take me yeah and for sure the the second one is the one that yeah in everything in every part of life yeah and sometimes it can kind of feel good to like have it take yeah. you and just kind of manhandle you and yeah. like put you in the washing machine yeah so you know i think like it's kind of a good metaphor of like when you see something that's just so intense coming at you just being like all right well this is the name of the game yeah i'm here and like i'm going to survive but i got to just obviously make good decisions <laughs> but like yeah relax through this. Yeah. I feel like there are so many things in my life that whenever I'm clenching and trying to control, it just makes it worse. Yeah. And if I would just sit still, it's like what they say about a car accident, right? Of like, if you're going to get in a car accident, you'll break more bones if you tense up and try yeah. to like, which I'm not sure that I'd be able to do in a car accident, but and I'm not well, great at doing it in life, but there is so uh, something to that. Like the more you can just like be present, yeah. try to not like try to not overthink things like and maybe that's what I was alluding to that lesson you learned from surfing when I was asking that other question of that you seem really calm and chill like it's your ability to do that essentially to just ride whatever is in mm -hmm. front of you instead of resisting it because I think when it's usually it's not the problem that is the problem it's like the resistance of the problem totally that really gets me yeah I feel you but I my mom is a very wise woman mm -hmm. and she's always told me, she's like, there's really no sense in worrying about things that you really can't control. Yeah. You can, you can prepare as much as you want and you can, you know, like I said, bake 
yeah. like good decisions through whatever's happening. But there's really no sense in just like worrying yourself silly. Yeah. Because it just will ruin your time leading up to whatever it exactly. is that you're worrying about. Yeah. It's like, it's like with anything, like it's, I mean, I think every like kind of cliche or lesson or every self-help book or every like metaphor always really, if you get down to the root of it, I think goes back to being present. Like if you can yeah. just like be with with what's in front of you, mm-hmm. that's, that, that's essentially like the wave thing too. Yeah. And worrying is in the future, you know, and yeah. like regret is in the past. So any anxiety is in the future. Depressions, you know, it's like anytime I can, I try to just knock myself into the present by like helping someone else or taking an art or like moving anything to like get me here because my mind is so sticky mm-hmm. at going. I think a lot of ours is, and it's like, letting the wave just take you and feel it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Going back to your mom, what were you like as a kid in Virginia? Have you, did you always know that you, were you, because I'm interested because you're so athletic and in your body, but Mm -hmm. you're also so creative. Did you always have a, and have such great style? So I'm curious where each of those pieces came in. (laughs) It's so funny because I, well, my, my parents are really active. Mm -hmm. And they always were taking us camping and hiking and had, I grew up on like a pretty decent amount of land in Virginia. Not a ton, but like, you know, enough to collect tadpoles and stuff like that. But it's actually really funny because when I was a little kid, all I wanted to do was like go to water. And I, and I did not grow, I mean, a creek in the backyard is not, that's not what I mean. I meant like the ocean or like a lake or like do something like that. And that was like rarely a part of my childhood. So I I remember I went to like summer camp one time. Well, one time, which turned into like many years. But I basically learned how to canoe and sail and stuff. And I just became like upset. Like, you know, it was like became, I was like, this is the place for me. Like, I just wow. felt like. Connected. Yeah. Where I, was like, the camp? In Virginia, just near water? No, it was actually in Vermont. Wow. Yeah. I was really lucky to have that. But um, yeah, it just felt like, yeah, you know, you there's like. you really connected to water for some reason. Yeah. There was like all these activities, even like arts and crafts. I was down with arts and crafts, but like going on like big trips or yeah. doing all these other things. I was like, I'm mostly good on all that stuff. I just want to hang out on the dock wow. and like go go, sur- or go sailing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like there's just something that feels very free and about yeah. like moving on water. For yeah. Me. I don't know what it is. Wow. I'm so glad you have your pool now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got to get in there. You're connected to water for some reason. Yeah. Like from good. when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. That's a, my mom is like that too. Like, cause obviously there's a lot of lakes in Michigan and yeah. she always wants to be. And I like, like the ocean and the lakes as much as the next guy, but like I notice it's different <laughs> with her. And you sound like you're that way yeah. too, similarly, of just like being near water is like especially, especially healing. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like actually, it's being in the water. Yeah. It just feels so good. Yeah. Do you take a lot of baths? Not here because in my bathroom right now, I don't have a window mm. in the yurt though. Oh, yeah. Didn't you have like a amazing bathroom? I had the bathroom was like just below the yurt. It was like a little hatch wow. in, in the floor of the yurt to go down into it. 
but it was actually like really beautiful. And it was all windows and had a cloth out tub. Wow. And there was no shower. And in the winter, it was like so, 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 so cold. And yeah. I just had like a, um, like, like a plug-in heater to uh-huh. heat the yurt. So, and I couldn't keep that on, obviously, when I was right. gone. So I would come, come home, turn the wow. heater on, and then go run a hot bath. Like every single time oh I would get home. Oh my gosh. And lay in there and it felt so good. Yeah. So yeah, I was doing lots wow. of baths. Wow, what a peaceful, who's in the yurt now? Should I move there? <laughs> <laughs> that I don't sounds know, incredible. Yeah. It sounds like such a great place to manage your nervous system. hundred percent. You know, like yeah. you were probably so regulated in this way of like just hearing about all the little pieces, like your morning and your evening, like it mm-hmm. all just feels being with blue. Like it feels like I'm just really, I'm like, should I move to Topanga? It sounds so nourishing. And I think it's like, a, it was really correct for you at mm-hmm. that time to like have those years to not that you'd have to be there forever, but to move through that is like, because I'm sure it was also challenging and isolating at yeah, times for too. Sure. Yeah. But I just think that that sounds so, I've been thinking about going back to like feeling like you're so effortless and calm. I think that that's something that I've been, I was talking to my friend Isabel about someone who I, like you, I just look at as like, oh my God, they're just so cool. That's what I kept saying. Like, <laughs> they're so cool. They're so effortless. I just like, I could never, it was someone I went on a date with, I think. And I was like, oh, he's just like, and I, this is how I'm describing him to her. And she's like, you know what, Katie, all you are really saying when you say cool or effortless is that that person is relaxed. Like that's all it is. It's, you would be that too. It's just that you're perceiving them as someone who has a nervous system that they're managing well and that they're relaxed. Interesting. And I was like, wow, that is really true though. Like someone who's relaxed and present with what they're doing is cool to me. Maybe because I often am not that, or maybe because that just feels so good when I am that. And I'm that a lot more now, but I think if you can set up your life to like, that's the most kind of like the wave thing, like getting to a place where you can be relaxed is more important than any, that will make you more productive and more creative, you know? Yeah. I I feel you. It's like, it's, it almost makes it so that like there's less, I don't know if it's like spinning is the word that I'm talking about, or I feel like there's less noise up there. And of course you've you've always got to deal with the noise in your own head. Yeah. (laughs) But I feel like almost when there's like less options for me, I think I thrive in that. I think if there's like less options of things to do, I'm more likely to just be like, cool. I'm just here. And like, here's like, here I am. I'm just going to look at the fog now. And I, and I find that, that I really like doing that. So I don't feel like I feel bad. Oh, I live in the city and I should be going to explore this new place or going to, you know, oh God, I should be like getting more culture. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff that we were talking about. Instead, I just am there. Yeah. Present. Right? Yeah. It's like a night, it's really liberating to like take that pressure off. And I, I felt similarly when I was in Bali for a month, I was, there were so many less options. I had no friends. And it was, I also couldn't even talk to, it was really challenging to talk to everyone here because I w- they were going to sleep as I was waking up. And the whole time that I was awake, everyone was sleeping here. And yeah. so 
it was really isolating and I had very few choices of what I would do. And, you know, it takes a little bit of warming up with yourself. But once you do, it was so great. And then having options again after that felt like I needed to like reintegrate into what that was like. Yeah. Do you kind of feel like when you start to like kind of get used to just being with yourself that you're like, wait a second, I was actually missing myself a little bit this whole time, distracting myself with everything that's happening. Yeah outside of me and what I actually want to do and how I'm feeling. Yeah. I was just talking about this to my friend because she was dating someone and he moved and we were talking about long distance relationships and I was in a long distance relationship for a long time when I was in New York. And I would, I got pretty good at it, like understanding how it would go. But I I learned about myself, like, when I would be with him for like a week or two weeks at a time, and then I would go to being by myself, I would be, it would be so jarring and I would freak out mm-hmm. and I would just like miss him so much. I wouldn't know how to do anything suddenly. And I wouldn't know, like it was, I was wild. And then I would eventually get used to be like, oh, this is great. I'm like so psyched to be by myself. I fully know what you're talking about. The first night that you're alone, you're like, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. You know, you're like, oh, I got yeah. I better put on some music so that I don't like feel super alone. God, I'm glad you're blue. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. You, know? you have but to like, warm up with yourself a little bit. Yeah. It, it definitely takes this like moment of acclimation. Yeah. And then after that, you're like, I do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then it's the same thing the other way. Yeah. Like when I would go back to being with him or whoever it uh-huh. is, I would be like, wait a second. Like, I have my way of doing things and like a little bit more controlling. And yeah. then eventually yeah. I'd warm up to like, okay, being together. I felt that way even this week, like going away for the weekend with friends. When we pulled into town, I was like, how do I be by myself? Yeah, I, I've like, been with the group. Me. You know, you kind of become an organism with mm-hmm. whoever you are when you're on a trip. And yeah. then you like go off on your own and you like, oh, I'm eating alone. Like I'm not consulting the group. It's, it's totally wild. And I think a lot of, like that time in Topanga, so much can probably come from that because you have to, it's a resiliency that comes and the managing your nervous system thing Mm -hmm. and relaxing. I'm so psyched about this new sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Gantry. Gantry makes sustainable lights that are made to order locally for a reduced carbon footprint. They're 3D printed, it's designer led, and they collaborate with the most talented independent designers and studios from all around the world. And they create these products for your home that use thoughtful design with pragmatic sensibility and they're dedicated to modern, sustainable living. I first found out about Gantry from my friend Christine, who's been a podcast guest and someone I really, really love and trust her taste. And I really wanted a Gantry light. So I can't believe that I have one. I love it. I have this very cool lantern light that I like to turn on at night. I don't like to put the overhead lights on. And so having these lights really, really makes my space feel more cozy at night. And it's incredibly chic and And it has this switch that you can kind of fade up that's very cool. And honestly, I just love 
turning this on. It feels incredibly luxe. I feel like it really elevates the space. And I love knowing that it's sustainably made and just honestly looks really cool and chic. And I get a lot of compliments on it. I'm so grateful and happy to have this light. And I think you will probably really like it too. So feel free to get one of your own and use the code let it out 20 for $20 off of your purchase. That's let it out 20 for $20 off your purchase. So we only have a couple of those codes. So go ahead and quickly grab yours because the code can only be used so many times. So if you want a gantry light, go ahead and use the code let it out 20 for $20 off your purchase. Thank you gantry. I love my light so much. I hope all of you try them and let me know what you think. This episode is brought to you by Aviv. Aviv makes blender-free smoothie wheels. I couldn't even really conceive of what this was, but then I got a package. And let me tell you, it is so great to have them in my freezer at all times. I do a lot of things. I'm in, I'm out. I often forget to have what I need in the fridge, but knowing these are in the freezer is really, really great. It's a vegan, organic, popsicle or ice cream alternative. I just pop them out. I'm eating them all day long. You know I love a popsicle moment. You can really make it your own. You can add frozen fruit of your choice or vegetables like spinach and you can blend them or leave them out. What makes Aviv so special is that they have these delicious plant-based breakfast solutions, high quality ingredients, organic fruits and vegetables, superfoods. They're plant-based, protein rich in every single smoothie. No added sugar, no artificial flavors or preservatives. They're gluten-free, non-GMO, certified organic, vegan, free shipping. And it's really easy. All you do to prepare your blender-free smoothie is run the smoothie wheel underwater for a few seconds, pop the cubes in a mason jar, cover the cubes with your favorite liquids. So water, juice, plant-based milk, regular milk, whatever you like, and let it melt for about 20 minutes and shake. I don't even really do that. I just kind of like eat them as is, or I'll, you know, maybe do a version of that, but I don't, maybe it's just so hot here. I don't need to wait 20 minutes. You can just place your order, pick between 12, 24, or 36 in a box. Select your favorite smoothies. There's so many different options. There's a yen one. The names are nice. They, they all taste so good. Select your favorite smoothies, pick your desired delivery and frequency, and that's it. Their online smoothie subscription is completely customizable and commitment-free, which is nice. So go to vivenutrition.com. That's E-V-I-V-E nutrition.com. And at checkout, enter the code LETITOUT20 for 20% off your first order. I really can't speak more highly of this brand. It's really, really been wonderful for me. This week's episode is brought to you by Glamnetic. I am so excited about this. So I tried false lashes when I was in high school for the prom. And I'm pretty sure with the glue, I pulled out mm, pretty much all of my lashes from that. So this company makes a product that is so cool. You can get rid of the lash glue for good when you want to wear false lashes. What's really cool about this product is that you'll never have to show up late. 
because you're trying to put in your lashes again i don't really wear luxe fancy makeup often but you know i might start because these are i think i am gonna start in fact these are so easy to apply it's so fun and my friend christine always talks about you know when she turned 30 she wanted to wear more glitter and actually like do more fun things with makeup and i'm feeling the same way and i think especially after the pandemic it feels good to get dressed up and try new things and i think if you have an event or a wedding glamnetic magnetic lashes are for you. They are created to save you time and money. And these lashes are a real game changer. They've sold over 500,000 pairs of lashes in 2020. And I hopped on the train, gave them a go. They're really, really cool. And I think you're going to like them a lot. They make putting on lashes so easy. They're made to stay on all day and they get applied in a second. Lash glue doesn't stand a chance with these. I think it's just a way better way to use a product like this if you're going to use it. And it's more environmentally friendly. It takes under a minute to apply with no toxic glue, no struggle, up to 60 uses per lash. So that's what makes it more eco-friendly and wallet friendly. And there's over 75 styles, which I really love from natural, which is what I really go for. Or you can do like a full glam and you can do a different lash for every mood. And you just go to their website and take a quiz from their lash guide to find the style that best suits you. And what's cool is they have lashes for every eye shape and there's a 100% money back guarantee. So there's really no reason to not try it and it supports the podcast if you do. So just give it a go. Over 500,000 happy customers. Expedited shipping with free shipping to the US and Canada on orders of $30 or more. Find out for yourself why Glamnetic lashes are Instagram's favorite beauty hack. Go to glamnetic.com slash let it out. That's G-L-A-M n-e-t-i-c.com slash let it out and enter the code let it out for 30% off your order this code is only available for our listeners that's glamnetic.com slash let it out and enter our promo code let it out at checkout for 30% off I promise you guys these lashes are literally applying themselves thank you glamnetic with creativity I also think that, you know, I was like here preaching like, oh, when you're relaxed, like you can really produce at this <laughs> level, which is true. But I also think there's something about, and I'm curious what you think about this. I think friction is also a really creative catalyst too, of having, of not being in like that's you, you know what I'm saying? Do, would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I think there's always like limitations always help with creativity. Yeah. For me, the pressure of the clock always yeah. helps me with creativity. If I'm like, oh, no, this needs to be done. I got to, like, put in a prototype or else it's not going to be done in time for me to, like, you yeah. know, make production or something. That pressure definitely, yeah. I think, can help. I know for a lot of people, the friction of, you know, how they say, like, really good songwriters, have they can't really be in love. They have to be, like, all th going through heartbreak or yeah. something. I'm not sure if I totally equate that with my creative process. Yeah, yeah. But I think, though, for me, it's all about less options is really good for me. When my mind is clear, to be honest, I feel like I do a better job of designing. When there's less noise around me, yeah. I feel like I come up with better ideas that are not influenced by anything else. Yeah. And I just 
it's kind of like being alone. Yeah. You know, it's, you're like, oh, what do I actually really, really want? Yeah. I don't need all this other stuff. I don't need something that feels like trendy. Yeah. I just really want a flowy dress yeah. that like is going to feel really, really comfy. Yeah. Like that's it. That's what I love about you and Ozma of like coming into the studio and you are always making what you want and you're like really thinking about what I want, you know, as Ozma's <laughs> biggest fan, you know what I mean? Like you're thinking about, Selfishly. yeah, like you're thinking about, which I think is the best way to do it. And it's, it comes from this really great place. Do you remember getting a really great idea or have a piece that you think about that you remember getting the idea for? That you designed? Yeah, actually. So our bandana uh-huh. was this like idea that I was like, oh, wouldn't it be? Because I I have like a million vintage bandanas. Cool. And I really like using them for lots of stuff. Yeah. And well, I don't know why. I think because I was already working in silk. I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if like we made a bandana, but that was like made of silk. And it was like yeah. one of those like silly ideas that I'm like, who's going to buy that? Like no one's going to buy this. But I want to make it for myself, so I'm just going to do it. I don't really care. And so I started making, just like drawing like a little pattern for it. Um, actually, it was really fun. I drew the bandana on a girl's surf trip. Wow. Of Yay. course you did. Because doesn't <laughs> half of the, or a percentage of the proceeds go? So we have our sister bandana, which is one, there's like a specific color and we actually yeah. move it. We we do like special renditions of like different colors in the same kind of way too, but basically the sister bandana, all of the profits go to whatever the particular organization is at, the, at this, at that time. So cool. Right now it's Girls Inc. Oh yeah. I saw yeah. that. Yeah. Cool. So it's really And a fun. while ago you had a surf, like a really cool surf organization. Yeah. I think we did, we did Brown Girl Surf. Yeah. That was really cool. You've done a lot of really We've cool. We've done a lot of fun ones. It's so fun yeah. because it's just, it's one of those things that like, you know, it's something that I feel like is, it's not too expensive. It's really useful. Yeah. It's something that's so cool to like just give to someone and be like, totally. hey, I bought this. And it like goes to this great thing. And yeah. so much of the money goes, it's yeah. just, it's like, it just, the only part that doesn't go directly to the organization is literally what it costs us to make it. And that's it. Yeah. It's such a special item of mine. Like I take it every, it's like my security blanket. I told you, I lost one and it was like, you would have thought I lost my arm. I told all of my friends, like I was so bummed about it. And then on my birthday, Heidi gave me a new one and I, it is my most prized visit. Like I use it all the time. Our mutual friend Lacey like told me she's like a skincare person that it's really good to just like have for the sun. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I use it in so many different ways. Like it is peak Asthma They're item. so useful. Yeah, so useful. And like feels a little luxurious. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I have to say like, if it didn't pan out, I would have been like, whatever, at least I have one, yeah. you know, but I'm glad that other people like the idea too. Yeah. It's so great. Did you see, uh, maybe this is, a, I don't know if this is in the shoot she did for you or a photo that Aaron, so previous guest, my friend Aaron was just featured on, on Asthma and so she has a bandana too. And, and she, her and Noah were on a picnic and they put a bunch oh, of yeah. fruit in it. Yeah. And she sent me a photo. Yeah. Like, I think she also did that on the shoot, but she was mm-hmm. just using it. And I was like, 
that is peak bandana usage <laughs> to like have a chic picnic with your fruit in a bandana. Like, wow. Yeah. That's on another level. We can wash it. So who cares? I know. Right? Yeah, that's it's great. You just toss it in the washer. Yeah. So I feel like we need to go back. We kind of glossed over you were liking the water. How did you end up becoming a designer and at Levi's? Because that was your first job out of college, right? Yeah, my first job out of college. Well, my first quote real job. What were some other jobs you did before that? Oh my God. I was a waitress and a bartender. Great. Um, I mean, that's basically it. But yeah. Yeah. So I, I graduated from college in marketing. Oh yeah, we both did marketing. And I had like always like sewn when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I was always taking thrift store stuff and making it into something else. Who taught you to sew? My mom. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, like I got to San Francisco. Um, My friend and I moved there together, sight unseen. We were just like, let's move to San Francisco. Wow. How old are you? 21, probably. Yeah. Right after college. You know, I had this degree in marketing and I was having the time of my life in San Francisco. When I moved there, that was the place that I was supposed to be my whole life. I was like, this is so me. Yeah. Like, these are my people. They understand me. I like actually fit in here in a way that I've never felt like I fit in Mm. anywhere else in my life. It's a good feeling, really good feeling. And I was looking for jobs in marketing. And of course, they were all like so boring and like data entry, it was just like horrible. Yeah. And so my friend was like, do you want to be, do you want to work in my restaurant? And I'm like, oh, sick. Yes. So I ended up like hostessing, waiting tables, and then bartending there. So fun. Did you make a lot of friends? Yeah, it was super fun. It was on 16th between Guerrero and Valencia in like in the mission. Cool. Tokyo Go-Go. Is it still there? <laughs> I don't think. So I actually have no idea. Uh (laughs) But of course, there's like all the like bar friends and, you know, just like there was so much energy. It was so fun at that time. And I I was making clothing while I was bartending just like on the side. I sold it to the like boutique slash art gallery across the street. Cool. What did it look like? Oh, my God. It was like so silly. It was like stretchy. It was basically like tubes of clothing. <laughs> cool. Like a, um, what do you call it? Like a bandage dress yeah, like, a, like a tube top. Um, like, but long? Yeah. <laughs> tube dress. Yeah, it was really. I think I had a one shoulder tube top. Wow. Um, Tarzan top. Yeah, you know, it was really <laughs> crushing. I think we have one of those in Ross Silk now. For yeah, <laughs> full circle. <laughs> full circle. Um, no, but I mean, I like, whatever. I, I was just like having fun. And like yeah. I took a pattern making class at the city college. And I took a beginning sewing class at the city college, mostly because they make you. And yeah, I like from there, I met a woman who was the design director at Levi's and she gave me a job. So cool. Yeah. What was your time at, at Levi's like? What did you learn there and learn that you wanted to do and didn't want to do in the future? Okay, Levi's is a great company to work for. It was so fun. And the people that work there are super high quality. That's great. I I still feel very lucky. I don't know how the stars aligned that I even ended up there because I was fully not qualified. So much of his personalities, I think. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they were like, oh, do you know Photoshop and Illustrator? And I was like, yes. 
Yeah, I will <laughs> figure it out. Not the truth. Yeah. But I figured it out really fast. I really loved that it was basic and heritage and, like, had this, like, history Classic. to it. Yeah, it was, like, no nonsense and just an icon. Yeah. It was something that you don't need totally. to reinvent. You just right. make, like, the perfect, like, fitting pair of jeans. Like, yeah. You know, like, leg shape and the rise and stuff. And I was really attracted to that. Um, and I think I I brought some of that kind of, like, some of that love, or at least I tried to, yeah, into my own business. Um, I think it was when, when they started. I, I worked on the women's line, and they started asking me to like, basically like bedazzle things. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> uh, that I started becoming a little <laughs> less interested, and was like, oh no, oh no, <laughs> man. And I, after a while, I was like, I think I need to go spread my wings and figure yeah, out something time. else. So it was time to say goodbye. And yeah, I became not as proud of what I was doing yeah. at the very end. And so I, I was like, all right, I got to shake yeah. this up a little bit. So did you know that you wanted to have a clothing line from when you were young? Or was that kind of a dream? Like, was, where was that in your mind? Oh my gosh, never. Wow. Like, I never wanted to do clothing at all because I was so worried that it would ruin my hobby, mm. which it fully has. <laughs> like, I used to, like, you know, like, DIY yeah. all the time and, and like, just, like, make random craft projects. Yeah. Which I used to love to do. Yeah. And now it's, like, not something yeah. that I do at all, but… That's tough. That's like something I talk about a lot of mm-hmm. like monetizing a hobby or making my friend Marley, who's done the podcast, she talks about how she, when she got into skateboarding, her friends were like, you're probably going to like sell skateboards you paint. Oh, and when she got into quilting, she's, she, they're like, you're going to make a quilting class or if she gets oh. into surfing, like she always ends up doing that with yeah. something. And she always wants to keep it as, as a hobby. And it's, you know, it's, it's tough. Sometimes you, there are so many people who want to not have to put the pressure on their work or their hobby to yeah. make the money. And I think we're constantly like battling that. Totally. I also find that it's so rewarding Yeah. to make what you want to make, how you want to make it with yeah. the people that you want to make it with. And I also get to do stuff like this, you know, yeah. it's fun. Talk a little bit about the ethos of Osmo. So where did you get the idea and the name? When did that that all come in that you could do it? So you leave Levi's and then is that right when you started Osmo and you move here? No, I actually, so I'm, I left Levi's. I actually went on this like several month surf trip with my best oh, friend right. afterwards. That's right. Um, and then I got home to San Francisco and was like, okay, what am I going to do now? And there are just not that many design opportunities yeah. in San Francisco. I mean, I think there are more now, but when I was there and at that time, there weren't many companies at all. So I started freelancing and I had a couple jobs here in LA. And long story short, I basically was like, work is down there. And so I moved mm-hmm. down here. Freelancing for like other brands? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like designing? I, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then my friend and I were talking one day, and I was like, dude, we should totally start a line. Mm. And she's living in San Francisco, and so we started Osmo together. Wow. Yeah. and I didn't realize that. Yeah. So one day we were at her stepdad's 
beach house mm-hmm. in Laguna. And it was like this really beautiful old kind of like funky little place. And he had a bookshelf and it had all these old books on it. And one of them was Ozma of Oz. Mm. And of course, the brand has nothing to do with the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. But there was something like very – so we were trying to think of the name. We're like, oh, we get, like the name should be like mysterious but like strong but earthy. Just like that woman that we want to like personify as like yeah. who wears our clothes, you know? Yeah. And this name stuck out and there was like a really beautiful drawing on the side of the book spine that was like really neat. It was kind of like a Art Deco-y looking. Oh, cool. Sprite looking dealy. And so we're like, dude, that's totally it. It's Ozma. That's like kind of cool, right? Yeah, it's super Uh, cool. So it's funny. It just like happened very quickly. And of course now, like I get the question a million times and I have to be like, it's not Ozma. Like it's not, you know, the Wizard of Oz. It's not related, but it kind of is, I guess. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I know it's, it's a, it's a metal band or like a punk band or something. I love it. So is your friend still involved in Ozma? No. We had very different ways that we wanted to do things. And I think for her, it really felt much more like a hobby. Yeah. And I really saw the potential in it. And I was like, yeah. I really want to like move this thing wow. forward. So. Was that a tough conversation or did it kind of? Yes. Just, yeah. It was a very tough conversation. It was extremely scary. Yeah. And the whole thing really kind of sucked to tell you the truth but it all ended up beautiful in the end and you're still friends and we're still now? friends okay. yeah i mean that's some like that's some yeah you went through something to it's like a it's some like serious adult shit yeah conflict resolution <sighs> oh my god yeah because there's nothing you know you have to just sort it out yeah how many years ago was all of this i'm i don't even know how old Ozma is we're about six and a half years old now oh wow i guess i found you or pretty early on then. Yeah. Because that was, wow. I, for some reason, I thought it was even longer than that. So with, I've got, I have so many copious notes that I want to ask you. We'll do these as quick fire. <laughs> okay. And you can just say the first thing that comes to your mind. But before we do that, I want to hear a little bit more about the ethos of Ozma. Did that come in right at the beginning of like, did you know going in, you had like, what were kind of the beats of what you had sustainability wise and you know did you think earth tones and of this woman that you were personifying at the very beginning what was some of your like inspiration back then and how much is that has evolved I think um it's definitely evolved over time um in I think the way that we talk about it but it's so funny because I look back on like my very first notes that we were taking of like here's what we want to do you know and and it was you know, the person who we were designing for was the same being someone who yeah. is like very confident in their self and they don't, you know, they want, they want something that feels very true to them and that they can wear in their own way. And it's not like, we're not trying to like have a brand that someone's like, you're like stamping your brand on someone. Right. It's more like, I want our pieces to feel very authentic to the people that buy them. It's like, oh my God, this is the dress I've been missing my whole life. I'm going to wear it like every single day this summer or whatever. But sustainability was always a big thing. It was always very limited color palette, earthy, easy, just easy to wear stuff that like just feels good. Yeah. You know, in the beginning we were like 
for the adventurous or, (laughs) you know, it was very, it kind of felt like it was a little bit more like travel related, I Mm -hmm. think, in the beginning of the tone was very much like take it anywhere, Mm -hmm. which I still feel very much rings true. Linen travels well. (laughs) Yeah, it totally travels well. It's very versatile. You know, Mm -hmm. you can put on some earrings and all of a sudden you're ready to like go to dinner or whatever. That kind of, that whole thing is. Um, yeah, I wear the same like three things constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, God, it's so funny, Heidi. Like you're talking about it, and I'm like, I don't know what it is. But I'm like, I want to wear all Osmo. Like every <laughs> like hearing about it, I'm like, yeah, it sounds so good. Like I think that's just, it's incredible to hear that and then know the brand and mm. know how I feel about it. And like my few Osmo pieces, I where, as you know, all the time, I texted Heidi a photo of this shirt that you made and like probably pretty early on. Like, yeah, yeah. I think I bought that in 20, I was definitely in New York, I was 2017. Gonna say, yeah, I was going to say, I think that was 2017. And to this day, I wear it all, the, I have it in two colors. I wear it all the time. It was like the first, I, yeah, I, lo- I get more compliments on it than anything and I will never give that away. And I'm also like trying to get you to bring them back. This piece oh, yeah. Because I did ruin the white one in the laundry a little bit. But that's exactly what you're describing the way I use Osmo. Yeah, I just know? want it to be something like I want people to buy stuff and then have it and then just feel awesome when they wear it. That's yeah. like basically it. Well done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. You like, I'm the girl, I'm the one you personified. Girl, I know. <laughs> It's so that I I follow the ceramicist and I have one of her mugs because I found it at a thrift store and her tagline on Instagram is my goal is to be your favorite mug or the the mug you always want to grab. And I feel like Ozma has that same thing in the ethos. Totally. Do you feel like just thinking back to how you started and I didn't know that your friend started it Mm -hmm. with you. It sounds like it's something that really got you through the beginning. Do you think you would have started the brand on your own? Or do you think that that was like a real kismet? Like, no, push you I needed? think I, yeah, I really think I needed her to, it was just so fun yeah. to just think, you know, just like dream up something and, yeah. and encourage each other and be like, we can do it. We can yeah. do it. Let's just like make the first thing. It's like to go to a store and be like, yeah. Hey, will you, do you want to buy this thing? And it's like a sample that I sewed. That is really putting yourself out there. Yeah. And Definitely to have someone who you respect by your side to help you do that is huge. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think I would have done it by myself. Yeah. That's even like think doing anything by it. Like I often wish that I had a co-host or I do for the other podcast, but like, cause everything is me and like, yeah. you know, now I get to work with a couple of people, which is so nice. Yeah. But my, when I started the podcast, I've told this on here before and maybe I've told this to you, but I was young. I was like Mm -hmm. just out of college and my boyfriend at the time helped me figure out everything and taught me (laughs) to edit and and like was in it with me Mm -hmm. and totally different thing. But like when we broke up, I was fully like, can I do this? And I could, of course, I figured it out and now I'm fine. And I learned to edit and the whole thing's great. But I would never have started without him. Like yeah. I know I went, I would have been so overwhelmed by figuring everything out myself. Like, mm-hmm. cause this is the part that comes naturally to me. Yeah. But all the other stuff I can do, but I'm not even that good at now. Yeah. And so I think a starting a project or a business or a company or a brand is is really hard. And ha- and somebody told me this about there's this podcast that two people that I know co-host and 
I was talking to, we were all at this podcast festival together and I was talking to their assistant and, or someone else asked her, they were like, why do you think it is that they like got so successful so quickly? And she's like, I know exactly what it is. And she's like, when one of them's down, the other one's up oh. and, they all, and then it will switch. And so yeah. they never, they keep so much momentum because they never go down because they aren't down at the same. It's really rare. They're both down at the same time. Oh, wow. And I was like, that I sounds, heard that. That sounds nice. I know. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, no wonder this podcast is not as successful. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh my God. You're doing so great. But it you're was crazy. Just, I was like, God, I could use a partner for that. That yeah. would be nice. I mean, honestly, I, I think like every, you know, it's like every intern when I was starting yeah. and person who's been on my team, every photographer I worked with, oh my gosh, like friends just doing me like a solid yeah. by like modeling for me for free or whatever, yeah. you know, like all of those things. It's like they're all part-time partners, right? Yeah. You couldn't have done it. That's, it's oh, no. really, no. yeah. That's something, you do such a great job. I told you this on one of our walks of like, there's so much to think about as a company and a brand mm-hmm. of like being socially responsible and economically responsible mm-hmm. with, you know, your price point and sustainability mm-hmm. and thinking about everything going on in the world. And you do such a great job with that. And that's so much, it's really heavy. Like it's a lot of weight to carry to like make sure you're, and I know you're happy to do it, but like you do such a great job with that. And I mean, I guess that this isn't really a question, but is there anything that you're like most proud of with Ozma and the brand that you do? whether it's in like sustainability or even like what you were telling me about, I know it's hard to like, I'm asking you to like brag about the brand, <laughs> but yeah. you've always had ethical practices. Mm-hmm. And is there anything that, you know, that you w- have learned along the way that's been helpful in having a sustainable clothing brand? Honestly, this is going to sound so corny, mm-hmm. but like I am really proud of, because it's something that doesn't come naturally to mm-hmm. me too. Like it's, it's very easy to like, or it's easier, I would say, to like make a style. Like yeah. be like, oh, I have an idea for like a pair of pants or to, you know, find fabric that is great or to have things sewn in a quality way. Yeah. But I have to say the one thing that like is challenging to me and the one thing that I'm like really proud of right now is like just building a team mm, of yeah. women who are awesome. Yeah. Because like managing people is so yeah, we incredibly hard yeah. and finding a good dynamic between, because it's a small team too. Yeah. So finding people who are really excited and keeping everyone excited to be there yeah. and working together really well. That's like some, that's for me, that's where I'm like, oh my yeah. God, I think I did it. Yeah. And, uh, you know? Um, and that's so important to your every day and like managing your I, Energy yeah. so you can design. Yeah. But I mean, outside of that, I'm, that wasn't, maybe that was your question. Maybe I like half answered it. No, but that was good. I'm proud of the product that we put out and the yeah. way that like, you know, when we get reviews, I'm proud of the way that, that people say, hey, like I loved my experience with your company. Yeah. Even if it's like your customer service is great. Yeah. <laughs> like basically any small thing I'm like is a huge victory yeah. for me. Or if someone's like, oh my God, I love what you guys stand for. Yeah. Or like I connect to that. Just I want someone to just connect to us B 
being a company that like, I don't want to feel it's to like have a company that doesn't feel, you know, pretentious. It feels like inclusive, yeah, warm and friendly. And like everyone is invited is really important to me. Yeah. And, you know, of course we do so much work to like get better about sustainability. Like, yeah. It's a lot to think about. Yeah. You know, there's new fabrics that we're developing that are like quote unquote technologies that weren't there before when I started the brand. When I started, sustainable meant you use natural fabrics and now it's you use regeneratively grown or organic or, you know, all these things. Constantly up leveling. Yeah. You're constantly, constantly, constantly. And which is something that my team is like, and I'm glad to have. You know, every people time around you. Yeah, yeah, having people that can follow through with that before because yeah. it's actually takes a ton of work. Yeah, and and money and it's a s- small company. Yeah. 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 That is impressive and to be celebrated. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so these will be rapid fire because the sun is going down. We are not in a yurt, but we've been doing <laughs> this so long that the sun is uh, going down. Okay. Best thing you've eaten in the last week. Oh, okay. So um a friend gave us tomatoes from her garden Ooh. do you see them they're right there wait i'll i'll show them to you oh, later i'm excited oh my god well, you gave gorgeous. me a tomato from your garden last yeah. time, remember? and basil but like i mean mine are like so dinky compared to these like epic tomatoes that wow. we were given but yeah i love gorgeous heirloom yeah. or just super sweet tomato with Nothing like a little better. bit of salt on Oof. it it's insane so good last summer i would get the really big heirloom tomatoes from the farmer's market and some yeah. really good bread. And I made this like, I would make this like plate for Christine and I of just like bread, tomato, salt and pepper, basil, olive oil. Yeah. And it, I just crave it. It's so good. So simple. So one of my best friends is Spanish and they- Oh, that's like pan con. Yes. Yeah. And so they like grill it with like oil. Tomato paste, right? Isn't that what they use there? Well, the way that she makes it or the way that she taught yeah. me is you like, you grill it and then rub raw garlic on it. Oh. And then, and then you take, you cut open a tomato uh-huh. and you basically just like smush the That's tomato. Wow. You like rub it all over yeah. it. And then you put salt and more olive oil. Oh, oh my. So it's insane. Good. It's so good. It's so simple too. Yeah. Cause when I was there, it's on every menu that it was yeah. like the thing I was ordered because I was a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. It, I still crave it. Like it's such a, and I never, we don't, I'd never had it here. You yeah. know, like we'd have bread with tomatoes, but it was always like a turkey sandwich and the simplicity yeah. of that. I have to like, make this for you because it's, yes. it's like really, I actually almost stopped by Milk Farm and got bread when I was just walking uh, blue, but I didn't have a mask. Oh, bummer. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. Okay. What's your favorite part of your life right now? Oh my God. That's honestly, this is like, I have to just be totally honest. I love that I get to go to the beach all the time. And go. Mm, water. <laughs> this is full circle. Yeah. That's so it's my good. favorite thing. Like to just lay on the sand yeah. under an umbrella with like a couple of friends and have like a cute little picnic. Um, best. Is the best. I want to come to the beach with you. Come. It's so fun. What's your favorite beach? Uh, Surfrider beat. Well, for surfing, it's Malibu Surfrider, uh-huh. but to just hang out, it's Rincon Point. Okay, I've never. I've like barely been. To, we'll talk about this off mic. <laughs> we'll <laughs> land this plane. Okay. What's your greatest lesson on creativity, and what do you do when you're 
in a rut or feeling uninspired? If I'm feeling in a rut, I just go exercise for sure. Just go outside. Do something. Yeah, do something else. I just made the connection. Your office is near a body of water. One of LA's most beautiful bodies of water. It actually, it's funny. I like walked down there the other day. There's a lot of wildlife at the LA River. Uh, It fully looks gorgeous. Yeah, I saw a a stork. (laughs) It's really wild. I think they've done a lot of work. Uh, this this woman cat I know, God, like years ago, she was working on like the bow tie project down there, oh, and I'm cool. pretty sure she still works on it. But wow. it's like you know, it's like I was kind of like scoffing at it at the time, uh-huh. being like, "Oh yeah, you're gonna rejuvenate the LA River. Good luck." And now I'm like, "Dang, it's, it's working, working. Yeah. like really working." I'm well, really I just impressed. Thought of that because like when you're at your office, you can just go out on a walk. Yeah, there. Yeah. Okay, and then so I didn't. I just got so excited thinking about you being on yeah, water. No. But did you have another lesson on creativity? Less is more, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I mean, I feel like just focusing on just what is important. Yeah, is the. I mean, for me, is like the biggest for thing. everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's a lesson that you've learned from Blue? Oh, I don't know. Unconditional love, Aww. being cute. Blue is her dog. Yeah. Manipulative eyes. Oh, <laughs> he's so cute. Every time I walk in, he shows me his oh my toys. God. Yeah. Greatest lesson on family. I don't know. Keeping them close. Mm. Saying I love you a lot. Yeah. I think those are the like the main things. <laughs> yeah. Greatest lesson on friendship. Honesty, for sure. Yeah. On romantic relationships. <laughs> communication yeah wine and cheese when nothing else works Mm. (laughs) i think that's good on all really i know i feel like eating usually helps me yeah when (laughs) half of my problems i'm like oh i was just hungry (laughs) (laughs) okay well speaking of we have to eat some some wine and and cheese and i fully can't see you it's now gotten so dark oh i can turn on the Um, light too oh no i kind of like this i feel like we should i know i'm enjoying this please no light until we're done this is like (laughs) now we've really like been through something you know like it's like it's hot we're like i know i'm like it's like being in the world i don't know why it's so hot no but it's kind of good like i'm enjoying it it's very like like, (laughs) balmy yeah (laughs) what's your greatest lesson on spirituality god what happens when we die what do you what do you believe God, um, I actually like, I don't even know. I feel like I have no expectations for after I die. So I don't really, I just, I feel like my life is while I'm alive and now. So I don't really plan for an afterlife or a heaven or hell. Yeah. And you seem like you're really connected to nature. Is that something that you like, do you ever equate those two things like is it something that grounds you or connects you or is it I don't think it's important to like feel like there's something after you die I think you doesn't really matter going back to the earth is wonderful and that is something that happens yeah it's something and that's something that's I don't know that sounds great to me yeah yeah me too do you have a piece other than the bandana of Ozma right now that you love that is your favorite that you're grabbing a lot or that you want to tell people about? I love my Lutee, which I'm actually wearing right now. Oh, the, oh cool. I need to I'm wearing one. it in like a size large, but I also wear it in a small. It's like yeah. I basically just love every rendition. I love that of it. fabric. 
yeah, it's just like the like, I feel, I don't know. I just feel like myself in it yeah. and I feel relaxed. Yeah, I don't know. It just feels very classic to me and and easy. And I feel like myself in it. That's all. I love that. It's such a great fabric. Yeah. I mean, I could choose. I could literally, there's like 10 things that I could say, but. Okay. So the name of this podcast is Let It Out. Is there anything that you want to let out? Did I wring you dry for everything? Did I squeeze you for all your juice? Is there um, something I wished I that I would have asked that you never get to talk about? Oh, God. Nothing really comes to mind. I, I feel like I let it out when you first got here. <laughs> Good. That's what I'm here for. I make people feel really comfortable. We kind of forget we're recording and can just be people. I know. I know. You walked in the in the door and I was like, oh. That's just friendship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well, I love you. Thank you for doing this. I'm so happy we finally did it. Yeah. Thank You're you for best. coming over. <laughs> okay. So we end with take, letting out a deep breath. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Okay, inhale. Let it out. <sighs> Thank you. Thank You're the you. Best. Okay, that was my conversation with Heidi. Please check out her work, Ozma California, my favorite brand. All of her pieces are so special to me. She actually featured me in her journal on the blog of her site and came over last summer where I was living and took photos of me. And and so that will be in the show notes as well. If you want to read that, we even do an exercise, a journaling exercise that I share in that. And I loved being included in Ozma. It really, really was a huge honor. And I'm so happy that she did this show. And I'm so happy she's going to be a guest artist in, in process this semester. So if you want to learn more about in process, the link is in the show notes to sign up. If you want to get the show notes emailed to you every single week and a short newsletter from me, the link to sign up for that will also be in the show notes. And I'm just really grateful that you're here. We recently made a zine called The Creative Combination. And if you want to get that, the link will be in the show notes. And I love you. So happy you're here. The emoji of this week's episode is the button. Sewing buttons. Get it? Yeah. (laughs) So comment that on my Instagram, on Heidi's Instagram to let us know you're listening all the way to the end. And I will speak to you next week with a new episode.